0: come out of Easter and Resurrection Sunday focusing now on the truth of the resurrection and what it means in our lives today so I've I've got a question for you how's your faith do you have great faith Do you have little faith are you struggling with faith I met a stranger this week in my travels. We struck up a conversation, and he said to me, I'm having a hard time with my faith. He was a person of faith who was just dealing with things. Maybe that's you. What I'd like you to see today is how living in the third day, on the third day, he will rise again From the dead living on the third day and in the third day how it affects everything you do your attitudes disposition decisions relationships everything when you live in the third day I hope that your faith will grow even as you hear the Word of God today and we've got a great passage of Scripture I am focusing on 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11 today because Peter mentions explicitly the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, but then he also mentions the last day and the coming of the Lord Jesus and how we're looking forward to that great future that God has for us. And this is a bundle of perspective and thinking and understanding as we walk with the Lord. His resurrection, our eternal life, our own resurrection, and the good things God has for us in an eternal future. All right? So it's 1 Peter chapter 1. He addresses them in verse 1 as strangers in the world. I met a stranger in the world. Maybe you feel like a stranger in the world. The people to whom Peter wrote this letter, I think, felt like strangers in the world. Part of it might have been that they were Jews who had been scattered all over the Roman Empire at the whim of the people who controlled their lives. They trusted Jesus as Savior, but they just felt displaced outside of their culture in a foreign uh, situation with language maybe they didn't understand, all these different things happening to them. In verse 3 of chapter 1 of 1 Peter, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's barely started his letter, by the way, and he starts praising God. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. you got to remember, this is that old crusty fisherman, Peter, raised in Galilee, grew up on the Sea of Galilee. The fellow who said, I'll never betray you, and then he did. The one whom the Lord restored, filled with the Spirit, preached those sermons that I read from the last two Sundays. And now he is bursting out in praise to God in this letter. When you read the letter, as you read along, you think, surely there is a scribe who is writing this down because Peter's just spontaneously beginning to praise God. All right, ye of little faith, claim your inheritance. God has got wonderful things for you, an inheritance that cannot perish, spoil, or fade. You got so much when you received Jesus as Savior, you need to unpack it. Janet said to me when I got home, that's the shirt you wore the day you left. <laughs> I said I know, but I just wore it on the plane, you know, going and coming. It's long sleeve. Well, she packed some other things for me, but I didn't wear them. You know, the scripture says that we've got some new clothes. You know that, right? You've got some new you've got an overcoat of love. You've got patience and kindness to wear. You're supposed to put off some things, and then you're supposed to put on some things that God's packed up for you and He's delivered to you in Jesus Christ, your Savior, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need to get those clothes out and wear them, all right? And one of the the things the Scripture says is, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There's probably not a soul in this room who's suffering from a spirit of heaviness, is there? Or maybe there is. Maybe there's a young person who's just got this heaviness on their heart, and you can't get free. Maybe there's a parent or a grandparent who feels this heaviness of heart. Maybe there's a single who's just heavy of heart today. I got a cure for you. Claim the praise that comes with the Lord Jesus into your life. If you're feeling weak of faith, I recommend that you start praising God. And you praise Him as a practice of life. You praise Him every day, everywhere you go. You got lots of things to praise God for. Most often we praise God for His character. And his activities. He's known by his mighty works, and every one of us experienced some of his mighty works. Often, when we talk about praise, we think about the works of God and we start praising him for all the things he has done. But we also praise God for the kind of God he is. And you say, Well, what kind of God is he? Well, we are praising the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the God revealed to us in Jesus, the God made known to us most fully in Jesus, most completely revealed, most completely understood. The revelation of this God comes to full flower and complete fruition in Jesus of Nazareth, son of God and savior of the world. This is the God whom we give praise to and this God is full of compassion and mercy. And he's not only the God of, he's also the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter makes this clear in his praise to God. He's praising the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I had a father moment this weekend. In fact, it was yesterday morning in our amazing day when we can travel from point A to point B so fast. Yesterday morning... I was in Caprock Canyon with my son Joshua and he did something for his son I've never seen done before and I never did with him when we had hiked into this gorge probably half a mile we came to a natural amphitheater and he turned to his son Jackson and he said I've got something to give you and he is reading to him a poem that he wrote for Jackson. Jackson trusted Christ nine days ago. He's nine years old. And he wrote a song for Jackson. And he got a video from his uncle Mike and played that for Jackson and all the boys gathered around. There were about five dads with their sons in this gorge yesterday morning. He gave to Jackson a Bible and a knife and a case to carry it in and a whetstone to sharpen it with and he talked to Jackson about how Jesus was the man whom we followed and modeled and that he was becoming a man and then we gathered around and prayed for him Josh was on one knee talking to his son I'm going to keep that picture for a while, in my mind and in my heart, as well as on my computer. <laughs> Can you see the Father in heaven kneeling down in front of you? You say, "Oh, God, He never kneeled kneel down in front of me." The Father in heaven, He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that kind of thing. You just wait. You just wait till one day you sit down at the table in heaven. Okay. You've got your seat at the great wedding feast of the Lamb. You're sitting there with this sumptuous meal. And guess who's going to put on the waiter's clothes? The Father in heaven will dress in the waiter's clothes and serve us at the table. That's what Jesus said. I think Jesus knows the Father in heaven better than me. He might know the Father in heaven better than you. Some of you have been slow to come around and coming back to God because you're afraid God's going to beat you up when you say, Hello, here I am again. And you got it all wrong and so backwards. Because He's the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, When the prodigal shows up on the horizon, the Father runs to Him. Do you ever see a Father run? father runs to him this is the god and father of our lord jesus christ and there's a place in you where you can give him praise and you can do this if your faith has been ebbing and you feel like man i'm having a hard time with my faith try praising him you say well i don't know what to praise him for i met a lady this morning that loves pelicans not the basketball team maybe she loves those too But those kind of awkward birds that soar around a lake, if you're walking along and you see something beautiful, praise God for it. Thank God for the flowers. Thank God for the birds that are singing to you. Thank God for the beautiful color in your life. Thank God for the people in your life, the friendships that you have. Are you not grateful for something? Heaven's sakes! Isn't there something in you that you can thank God for? Find it, whatever it is. Find it and say, thank you, God and keep him, practice it. okay? Put on this garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. It actually, this garment of praise I'm talking about that Peter's practicing right here will address the spirit of heaviness in your life. You can start living in this gratitude, this flow, this expression of adoration and praise unto God. You're surrounded by his gifts. Every breath that you take, every heartbeat that you have, these are all gifts from him. And you can praise him. You can thank him. And it will be transformation for your attitude. It's going to pick up the corners of your mouth. If you've been looking at yourself in the mirror thinking, where did that scowl come from? <laughs> come on, man. Cheer up a little bit. Has that ever happened to you? Sometimes i got to slap myself around. Say, what in the world is going on with you? you got things to rejoice about. Claim the praise. It changes your life. Maybe you say, well, I've had a hard time. Things have been tough for me. I understand that. They were tough for Peter, who's praising God here. One day they beat him up. They whipped him 39 times till his back was running with blood, and they threw him in the darkest, deepest place in the dungeon and put his feet and his hands in stocks. I don't know if you've ever been in that condition or not, but Peter was. Guess what he did at midnight? He was singing to god they lifted their song of praise from that awful place that bloody place that place of pain and sorrow and somehow god sent his angel and the chains fell off and that's what will happen to you he has ordained that out of your mouth praise will come he ordains praise not because he's got to have it for his ego. No. But you got to have it if you're going to recognize who he really is. You can't come to this great and awesome God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and not give him praise. It's who he is. And if you're not there yet, you don't really know who he is yet. Praise Introduces you to a channel of life that breaks the heaviness, lifts your faith, and sets you free. Put on the garment of praise. Claim your praise, claim the mercy in His great. Mercy In his great mercy He has brought to us this living hope God's got mercy for you Now mercy may be a tough word You know grace does not have judgment in it Grace is the unearned favor of God But if I say God's mercy There's a There's a strand of judgment in the word mercy. It's got grace in it, but it's also got, I don't deserve this in it. I deserve something worse, something else. And God in his mercy has suspended the judgment on me because he loves me and favors me. And you have great mercy that follows you every day that you live the mercy of God is most clearly seen not in the small things for which we give him thanks all around us but in him giving his son Jesus to us him sending his one and only begotten son to save us from our sin this is the this is the wonderful climactic event of God's love and mercy And it helps us understand who he is. If you're a typical human being, the wrong that you've done gets lodged somewhere right here. All right? You know, the Israelites were supposed to write on their forehead all the things God wanted them to do. Write these things on your forehead. And what happens to you is you get ingrained in your head the things you've done wrong. The failures. Every time you blink, it's like they're written on the back of your eyelids. David said after his horrible sin, his terrible failure, My sin is ever before me. We struggle with that. We come through these doors into the house of worship and we feel like, Why would God want to hear from me? What a mess I am. Lord, what a mess. And it's not just before we're saved, it's after we trust Jesus as Savior. We continue to be a mess. Things about us that need fixed and cleaned up, and oh, heavens, sometimes we say, Lord, are you ever going to get this thing right in my life? It's just such a mess. He has great mercy, and His mercy follows you every day. His mercy follows you like a tidal wave with every word you speak, every heartbeat that... You have every breath that you take. His mercy follows you all your life long, cleansing you, keeping you, sustaining you. You have not yet understood the depth and breadth of the mercy of God for you. He has great mercy for you, and he loves you as his own. And to claim the mercy of God today is to walk in a brand new way. Some of us lose our faith after we lose our morals. We start behaving in ways that we know dishonor God and we discover that our faith is eroding. Our behavior starts attacking our faith. You can increase your faith by acknowledging your sin, saying, Lord, I'm failing at this. I'm full of pride. I'm full of greed. I've turned my life in the wrong way. You can acknowledge your sin, receive the mercy of God, and the faith in your life will go up. You don't have anything in your life more valuable than faith. You know this, right? Your faith is more precious than gold. That's what the scripture says here. Your faith is so precious. It sustains your life every day, okay? And your faith goes up when your mercy meter goes up. And as you receive and experience the great mercy of God, you can give that mercy to other people and they need it around you. Your kids need the mercy. Your spouse needs the mercy from you. You say, well, do you throw away judgment? No, no, but in the economy of God, mercy trumps judgment. God did it in your life. His mercy trumped the judgment that was due you. And as you receive it and live in it, you can pass it on to others. Now look, this is third day living. This is you living today in the light of what God has done at the cross and at the empty tomb. In the light of this resurrection of Jesus Christ and the promise of eternal life, I now live in the great mercy of God. And we claim it as our own. Claim the shield. You are shielded by God's power. That's what this text says. I know that some of you feel unprotected, You feel afraid, you feel anxious. And this feeling disturbs your sleep, it disturbs your rest, and sometimes it disturbs your relationships because you can't get away from the anxiety of life. The scripture talks about a day when men's hearts will fail them for fear of the things that are coming upon them. And maybe we're there. We're so anxious about many things. I feel like Martha too often. Do you ever feel like Martha? Martha, Martha, you are anxious about so many things. And I got to say, God, that's me. That's me. What's the cure for this anxiety? It's knowing that I am shielded by God's power. God is shielding me. And what the word means here is he is watching over me like a guard. It's like God has set himself self up as a sentinel over my life and he's watching, he's scanning the space around me, and he's taking care of things that come my way. God is watching over me day and night. He is my shield. He is my strength. He is my strong tower. You have this protection from God, and it is powerful, and it is daily. And if you will stand in this protection, this shielding that God gives you, the anxiety will go down, and the faith will go up. On the plane I sat beside a man who was a veteran of the Iraqi war and we got to talking and and he said, you know, I discovered how powerful the Word of God was on a daily basis in my life while I was in Iraq. In fact, he said when my unit had the unit picture taken, they all took their M16s and put them up. He said, I put my gun down, I got a Bible and I aimed the Bible like it was my weapon. And he said, it was amazing to me how just a couple minutes in the Word of God and all of a sudden God was giving me something that fed my soul that day and gotten me through that day, changed my perspective and my attitude. God was protecting this man even as he was a soldier in the Iraqi war. God was watching over him through his Word and feeding his soul. He said, how can that be? He looked at me and said, how can that be? I said, that's the uh, amazing Holy Spirit, taking the Word of God and applying it to your life. That's how God does with His Spirit and His Word. We'd only begun the conversation when He said to me, my father committed suicide. He was sitting by the window and I was in the middle seat. I'm always the last guy on the plane because I'm reading a book, all right? I don't care what group they put me in. So I always sit in the middle seat. He's in the window seat. He said, my father committed suicide. And he dropped his head. He said, I've never told anybody that. He didn't know I was a pastor. He didn't know anything about me. And I said, I I deal with that sometimes. And I've dealt with it in my personal life and in my pastor life the first funeral I did I was 21 years old and a 16 year old in our church put a gun right here and shot herself clipped the main artery and died that was my first funeral for a girl who was pregnant at 16 and the father didn't want the baby and she couldn't see any hope. So she put a bullet right into her chest. I am not saying that nothing bad will happen to you if God is your shield. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that if God is your protector, you'll never hurt, because that's not true. Peter knew pain. He knew it after Jesus died on the cross, after he saw the risen Christ, after he was filled with the Spirit, he knew pain. Tradition says he was hung upside down and died on a cross. They knew pain, these people who were strangers in the world. And sometimes these fiery trials came upon them and they wondered, is God still watching over me? Have I done something wrong? Why has this thing come into my life? If I've been faithful to the Lord, why has this trouble beset me? Sometimes it's something you have no control over, and all of a sudden, you are in the middle of grief and sorrow and loss and bereavement, and it's come upon you without invitation, without warning, in the middle of your life, going like you're supposed to go, thinking you're doing the stuff you're supposed to do, trying to be faithful to the Lord and pray and read your scriptures and worship Him, and all of a sudden, here comes the pain, and you wonder, what in the world has happened to me? Have I offended the Almighty One? Pain comes like a fiery trial. And Peter says here, for a while, these troubles have come into your life. Many different trials have come upon you. The shield of God doesn't protect you from the pain. The shield of God brings you through the pain in faith and in hope. The scripture says a wicked man falls and never gets up again. But the righteous falls seven times and rises. If God is your protector, then whatever comes, he gets you through. He brings you through. He watches over you, and you keep the eternal perspective in mind that though for a time I am suffering in this way, in the future, I've got a home in glory with my Lord, no tears, no sorrow, no pain, no death. I have eternal life in Christ, and my promised land lies ahead. Peter wants them to keep the eternal perspective as they have pain and trouble in their life. You need to claim this hope. There's too many people who have no hope. Paul says it well. He says, if in this life only we have hope, we are of all men most to be pitied. If it's only in this life, if it's just about these 70 or 80 years on this planet, if that's the extent of our hope, is that really hope at all? The living hope that we have is a lie because Jesus rose from the dead. It's a living hope because we serve a living God. It's a living hope because it lives on and on and on. It's a hope that never dies because our God never dies, and He has given us eternal life with Him claim the living hope delivered through Christ Jesus who died and rose again from the dead. There will come the moment in your life when all that will matter is do you have this living hope in Christ? Some of us picture that we're just barely hanging on to God. We're just barely hanging on. It feels like our fingers are about to let go. We just can't hold on any longer. I'm at the end of my rope, we say. And we suppose that our spiritual journey depends on us hanging on. When what we ought to be saying is, Lord, this living hope that I have is in you. I know that it's not just me hanging on to you, though I want to do that. It's you hanging on to me. The Father has you in his hand. He's taken you through the faith that you've expressed in him, and he's got a grip on you that he will not let go. You are eternally secure in him. That's what eternal life is all about. And this security which you possess is delivered to you through the promise of Christ Jesus, dead, buried, and risen again from the dead. O ye of little faith, why not trust in the one who's gone through the grave and raised victorious on the other side, never to die again? Ye of little faith, give praise to the God and Father who extends great mercy to you Let's bow together. And if you need to exercise faith today, would you do so right there in the privacy of your heart and your soul? Would you say, Lord, I'm trusting you now? Just confess it. Maybe you need Christ in your life. Would you just open your heart up and say, God, I know I'm a sinner, I need your mercy. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin and I opened my life to him. Would you receive Christ as Savior and Lord? Would you let him deal with the guilt? Thank you, God, that you have prepared a home in heaven for us, that you have delivered to us a living hope, an inheritance that cannot perish, spoil, or fade, reserved in heaven for us. Thank you, God, that you shield us by your power in this journey that we're on I pray for the man or woman boy or girl who feels the weakest today that you would put your hand of strength around them and lift them up God deliver to us the faith we need to face the future with confidence in you deliver to us the hope that lives God, help us claim the mercy that we need in Jesus' name.